Welcome again to our His People online service on this special day, Mother's Day. And didn't you just love that video from the youth of our church saying Happy Mother's Day? And one of the girls uh, in that video, the thing that they said uh, caught my attention and made me really think of, of and, and say, that's what I want to title my message today uh, on this Mother's Day. And it's this thing, an army of lovers to bring in the harvest. And she was saying that God has already given us an army of lovers in his people church. And who is that army of lovers? It's the mothers, both mothers who are natural mothers who have their children, natural children, and the spiritual mothers. And why an army of lovers? Because an army is committed. An army has a purpose and a direction and a focus. And, but army and lovers don't go together. And, but an army of lovers, people who love passionately, and we are his people church, passionate about him and people. And mothers who love God passionately and love their children, love the, those that they are discipling and training up to be more like Jesus. And for what? To bring in the harvest. And as this, this young girl said, though, that not just bringing in the harvest, but planting the seeds and putting in so much. And I want to say, well done, mothers. I was so blessed by that video uh, from all the youth. And I uh, just want to say thank you for what you're doing. And God sees that. And I felt like, and here is one of the mothers in our church. And I felt like I wanted to base my message this morning, which I feel is partly a, a prophetic sense of what God is saying over his people church, but not just his people church, but wider than that. And, and so bringing that in my message this morning, but basing it on the picture of mothers uh, who are an army of lovers and how God uses us and as the church we are the bride of Christ we represent him and and so if you will come with me and here is a mother who's actually a grandmother with her granddaughter and some of her granddaughter's friends and I just felt like this really captures the the message this morning of being an, uh, a lover of God and a lover of children, to bring in the harvest, to plant the seeds. And if you'll come with me to look at a mother of our faith, Sarah, uh, the wife of Abraham. And today I'm going to go start with, and I'm going to bounce off this scripture, Hebrews 11 verse 11. And this is Sarah being mentioned in the hall of fame, if you were, would, a, a hall where there are photographs of the people of great faith that are mentioned in the Bible. And Sarah is in there. 
and we, I want to look with you at who Sarah is. And so if you can read with me, Sarah's faith embraced the miracle power to conceive, even though she was barren and was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah was in an impossible situation. She had no children, and in that time, uh, it was it was a a shameful thing to not be able to have children. And so, in that time, she was past the age of childbearing. For the but she she embraced the miracle power to conceive, and she conceived a child when she was past 90 years of age, an impossible situation, much like many of us are in at this time. Impossible situations, impossible senses of losing jobs, battling uh, with how can we have enough finances to feed our family, to pay school fees, uh, what are we going to do in this situation? And, and Sarah Sarah speaks to that for us, and she looked. At, she looked at her. The authority of her faith was resting in the one who made the promise, and she tapped into. She tapped into God's faithfulness. But let's go back and look a bit at the story in Genesis 18, where it doesn't speak so strongly of Sarah's faith there. And God is good. He, he gives us the picture in the Bible of the Bible characters with their warts and all, their lack of faith, their, their battling to trust God, their, their feeling anxiety. And yet God still sees the faith, the seeds of faith that are in their hearts and how he works and walks despite us sometimes. And so I want us just to look at Sarah a little bit and then pull out what I believe God is saying to us as a church and as a people of Peter Maritzburg and South Africa and indeed the world as to how we can be an army of lovers to bring in the harvest that God has got and is wanting to bring in through us. And so the story in Genesis chapter 18 uh, is of Abraham and Sarah are living in tents and Abraham was sitting near the entrance to his tent one day and he looked up and saw three men who were standing nearby and he, he ran to meet them and he invited them in and he said, come, come and, come and have a meal with me can I feed you? Can I look, attend to you? And so they agreed and said yes, and he ran and asked Sarah to bake some bread, and he went and got a calf and prepared it quickly, and then served the men. And while they were eating, I want us to pick up in, from, in Genesis 18, verse 9, and one of the visitors asked and said, Where is Sarah, your wife? And Abraham replied and said, She's inside the tent. Then one of them said, 
I will return to you about this time next year, and your wife Sarah will have a son. And you must know that before this, God had given Abraham and Sarah promises of this many, many years before, and they had been waiting more than 25 years. And so, so that was the context of this. It was an impossibility. There were promises that had been given and had not been fulfilled yet. And Sarah was listening to this conversation from the tent. And in verse 11, it tells us Abraham and Sarah were both very old by this time. And Sarah was long past the age of having children. She had had menopause. She had done, finished and claw with every opportunity for her to have children. And so verse 12, so she laughed silently to herself and said, how could a worn out woman like me enjoy such pleasure, especially when my master, my husband, is also so old. So she's saying it's a double miracle that is needed here. We're both old. We're both past it. There's no way that we can have children. And then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? And this is the key verse. Is anything too hard for the Lord? I want to ask you to say to yourself, is anything too hard for the Lord in your situation or circumstance? And the Lord said to Abraham, I will return about this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she denied it, saying, I didn't laugh. Denied it means she lied, actually. But the Lord said, no, you did laugh. And, and Sarah's caught out. But... What happened? Sarah had a son. Her joy was fulfilled. And she and Abraham had to join together in that report, in what God had said to them. They had to join their actions to those words so that the fruit was that Sarah conceived even though she was far past childbearing. And going back to the account from Hebrews 11 verse 11, Sarah's faith in that time embraced the miracle power to conceive, even though she was barren and was past the age of childbearing. For the authority of her faith rested in the one who made the promise, and she tapped into his faithfulness. Now, this is what must have happened, even though we saw Sarah laughing and saying, this can't happen, because she embraced the miracle power, because the reality is she conceived, and she didn't conceive the way Mary conceived, where God just supernaturally placed 
the seed of a child in Mary's womb. Sarah and Abraham had to do some stuff for her to conceive. And she did conceive. And she bore a son. And I want to, us to look at, out of this verse, some of the things that I believe that God is speaking to us prophetically. And the first one is that I believe that God is saying to us that an army of lovers if need to be anchored. So if we are going to be an army of lovers and fulfill the plans and purposes that God has called us to, we are firstly needing to be anchored. And what does that mean? What, is, what am I meaning? We are needing to be anchored firstly to the rock of Jesus Christ. We are needing to be anchored to him. And I had a picture uh, not long ago of a couple of ships that were on a sea, and it was a, a fairly still sea. And there were these two ships. And as I looked, I could see that the anchor of one of the ships <clears throat> was just floating in the sea underneath the ship. But the other ship's anchor was firmly, firmly taught to rocks far down beneath the ship. And then there was a storm that came and blew on those ships, uh, blew in the place where the ships were. And as the storm uh, increased and the waves got more, the ship whose anchor was firmly tight in the rocks was able to stay in its place and able to stay fairly um, stable and where it was. But the ship that had no anchor, the, the ship was tossed to and fro and blown very far off course. And I felt like God saying to me in that, that we need to check our anchors. We need to check the ropes that are attached to between the ship and the anchor and make sure that it is strong and firm. Because as the storms are coming, we need to be anchored to the rock that is Jesus Christ. And so I want to encourage you, check your anchors, be firmly anchored to Jesus Christ. We can't afford not to be. And the second place that we need to be anchored to is I believe that God is calling us to be anchored to the body of Christ, the church, and not to be a ship that is loose on your own, uh, not connected to people, where the winds can blow you wherever they will blow. Because God does not want us to have a shipwreck of our faith. And it is in storms that our faith can be shipwrecked. And we can take our encouragement from Sarah, from Hebrews 11 verse 11, that says, For the authority of her faith rested in the one who made the promise. Sarah's faith was not in her ability. 
to ride this impossibility. Sarah's faith was resting in the one who made the promise. Jesus Christ, who made the promise. What are the promises that God has spoken to you? He is the one that you can anchor firmly into. And Sarah tapped into the faithfulness of God, even though they had been waiting for more than 25 years. She tapped into the fact that God is faithful. And I want to say to you, tap in to the one who is faithful. Tap in to the one who will see you through. It may not always be the way that you think it should be. Sarah thought that her child would come a lot earlier. That's what she thought it would happen, how it would happen. And she needed to keep on keeping on trusting God and tapping into his faithfulness. Another thing that I have felt like God has been speaking to us and, and saying to us as a church and broader is that we need to be positioned. We need to look at where are we positioned. And I want to submit to you that an army of lovers are positioned. And what do I mean by that? I mean that we are, we have positioned ourselves in the right place to be able to act. And, and I felt like there are three places that we need to position ourselves. The first is before God. Our hearts need to be positioned before God, humbly, in a place where God, uh, where we can receive from God, where we are listening to Him. The Bible speaks that God is speaking all the time. He is speaking love over us. He's speaking His plans and His purposes. He is enthroned in heavenly places. And He has called us to to be seated with him in heavenly places. And that doesn't mean that we physically need to be in heaven before that comes about. But we need to be looking at uh, things from that perspective. We need to be positioned before God with him in heavenly places, looking from the perspective of heaven onto our lives, onto the world and what is happening onto and looking at our country from that position with a heart that is humble, that is humble, humble to receive from God, to say, yes, God, I'm tapping into your faithfulness. The second way that we need to be positioned is in our heart. In our hearts, we need to be positioned. We need to be saying, yes, I can do this. God has called me for this time. And, and positioned, if I am thinking and still feeling like I'm not able to do these things, that I am I'm useless, that I'm still a sinner, someone who is not worthy to be used by God, then I'm not going to be in a position to hear God when he says, go, speak to this person, say this thing, bring this thing. We need to be positioned. And 
The picture that I felt like God had given me for this was a picture of being in waves. And again, it's different to my picture of the ships on the waves of the ocean. But when you go to the beach and you're swimming in the sea and, and you can be standing in the sea and it is at a certain level, but a wave can come and can just pick you up to a whole nother level, to a much higher level. And where that wave will take you is dependent on where you're positioned in the wave. So if you're standing right at the edge where the wave just runs as a little trickle, and that's where you're standing, that's your position, the wave is not going to be able to pick you up at all. But if you're in a little bit deeper, then you may be uh, lifted a little bit off your feet. But if you're further in, you are positioned for the wave to be able to pick you up and carry you. And there have been so many prophetic words of God is moving. He is, he is, he is moving on this earth and he has plans that he is, he is outworking. But where are you positioned in this wave of God's move for, for you to be picked up and to be elevated and to be used by him? And I want to say to you, this word being positioned, I believe that God is speaking to us. Where are you positioned before God? Where are you positioned in your heart? Where are you positioned before people? God says that he will bring us before kings to speak his word, to bring direction. And kings represent leaders. It represents people of influence. And you are able to influence people that I'm not able to influence. And are you ready to be positioned before people? And how did Sarah position herself? And where am I pulling it from this verse? It says here, Sarah's faith embraced the miracle power to conceive. Sarah had to position her heart to embrace the miracle power. If she did not latch on to that fact, I don't believe that she would have conceived. And so she positioned herself uh, to be able to receive this miracle. The next aspect that I believe that God is speaking to us as a church and as an army of lovers is that we need to be available. And we need to be available as, as to conceive, to incubate and to birth new things. And in my last message that was on Easter Sunday, I spoke about how in this time of lockdown, it is like we're in the tomb that Jesus, like Jesus was in uh, when before he was resurrected from the dead. And it's like we're in this tomb and we're waiting for, uh, for the resurrection, as it were. And God is doing stuff. And I also have uh, the sense of um, that it's, 
it's like a womb. That this time of lockdown is like a child that is in the womb that is growing and is building. It's like there's a number of things that God is, is going to be releasing out of this time. At the end of this time, so many people are saying, the, there is, we are not going back to the normal that was. There are new things. There are, the, the world is going to look different. And it is like we are in a womb at this time. And I want to submit to you that an army of lovers are available to be like a womb where, where ideas and concepts, business plans, uh, new strategies, uh, the birthing of, belief, of people knowing God and loving God are conceived and are able to be incubated and to grow and to develop and to, to mature and to become the fullness of what God's plan is for it to be, to be birthed uh, and for us to be ready to birth new things. And looking at that uh, with Sarah again, um, Sarah's faith embraced the miracle power to conceive even though she was barren and past the age of childbearing. And many of us could be saying, but I'm, who am I to be able to tell someone else about God and the things that he's done in my life? Who am I? I've got hardly anything to give, for, or I've got hardly anything for myself. <coughs> Excuse me. Um... let alone to give to someone else. And, and I believe that God is saying, if we will make ourselves available, he can use us <coughs> to conceive, to incubate, and to birth new things. And it is a wonderful thing uh, to be pregnant and to be expecting a baby, as Sarah was. <coughs> And it doesn't have to be a real life baby. It can be a, a new believer. It can be new plans and purposes. It can be, uh, there are so many things that God has got in his heart that he's wanting to release. And he's looking for an army of lovers who are available to make it possible. And then the fourth thing that I wanted to speak to that I felt like God is calling us to, is as an army of lovers to be ready to be reset. And I believe that God is doing this in this time. And to be reset means to go back to the original design. Going back to how the Creator made us to be. And I believe that God is doing that in a number of key areas, and I'm not mentioning all of them. Uh, but one aspect is, is individual identities and 
one of the other youth who, who spoke to the mothers spoke about how the mothers in, in his people's church have helped them with their identities and pulled out their identities and said, you can do this. And that they have said, well, if, if someone could be this to me, then I can be that to someone else. And, and I want to say God is wanting to reset our identities. God is resetting the concept of the family. In our lockdown, where we were brought back to being at home, being safe at home, not stuck at home, but safe at home, the privilege of being with our families. And I felt like God is wanting to refocus us on this key building block of society, of the family. And as it's Mother's Day, just uh, for us as mothers to remember and to know the, the huge significance of our role as mothers and, and to know that as we return to our homes, to our families, to being a mother figure, not, not just a businesswoman, not just someone out there who's successful, but first tending to the family altar, the family heart and home, and the hearts of our children, the next generation. And, and this is the significance of a mother. Uh, my son said to me a few days ago, he was appealing to me to, to get something uh, acted out or done in our home. And he said, you know, Mom, you're the mother. You can make things happen around here. <laughs> and I laughed. And I was like, yes, but it's true. Mothers can get things done around here. And I'm wanting to call us back and invite you to look at what is your concept of family? What is your concept of your role within the family? God is calling us to reset this strategic, the primary first building block of society and to say, look at how are you viewing this? How are you relating to your family? What responsibility are you taking for the role for education in your home? Uh, that God calls us as the parents to be the primary educators of our children. And as we have had to do school at home, looking at that, why do you send your children to school? Why do we school? What methods are being used? Etc. It is time to reset and to take this opportunity to re-examine all those things. And, and it's not necessarily saying to go to homeschooling, but to re-look at why do we do these things? Why have we made decisions that we have in this area? I believe that God is calling us to, as a church, to reset 
what is the role of the church? What is what do we base who we are and what we look like on? Is it uh, the fact of a Sunday service only? Or is it more than that? What does the church look like? What is God calling us to and who has he made us to be? <clears throat> and God, the fellowship of the believers is so crucial. But does it mean that just because that because we are not able to gather, that we cannot continue to be a church, the church, his people, Peter Maritzburg Church, that even though we are not seeing each other, that we are a community that belong together, that are connected together, but keep staying connected. We need to be anchored to our local church, your local church, and link in if you are listening to this and you are not anchored into a local church. We invite you at this time to link in, to anchor in to us as His People Church, that we can care for one another, we can connect, we can be family, we can be the Bride of Christ together, so that we can weather the storms that are around us and still coming together and stay firm and strong. I believe that God is resetting business and and there have been some significant as well, significant prophetic words and and I want I, I think I mentioned this in my last sermon, uh, but I want to just touch on on this uh, this prophetic sense that one of our prophetic ladies had and she runs a business connect group within our church. And she said, I feel like the, we are being reset, especially at an ethics, values, and economic level, as we come to the end of ourselves and are almost forced to ask the Lord for answers in humility to our societal and economic challenges. I believe we will come to a new blessing. I believe that we need bold faith to believe that God is blessing businesses and providing novel ideas and solutions and new ways to doing business. It may not look like that now, but I believe there are miracles even at this time. Those in business are to seek Him for the new ways to do business. I believe He is giving opportunities for our businesses because they are the solutions to social, environmental, and economic challenges at this time. <clears throat> and another of our prophetic ministers also said to us that, uh, said that she feels like God is saying that it's time for us to move into innovation and to get going ahead of the wave, ahead of uh, those that are wondering what's happening and what can we do. God is saying he's wanting us to partner with him to bring about the new thing and that he's wanting to establish in the things in the earth. And so he is saying, come, his people, Peter Maritzburg, and come, Church of South Africa, take up your metron and the mountain that you are in and boldly bring heaven to earth. Come out of the shadows. The world is desperate for something to hold on to that's not going to shake. 
The world is desperate for what the Lord has put inside of you and of me. It's time to let it out and to work it. And so I want to say, come, people of God, be reset businesses. Allow him to do that. I believe that God is resetting us as a rainbow nation. And I spoke this on uh, in a video on Freedom Day. And I said that I believe that God is resetting us back to what he spoke to us in 1994 at the birth of our rainbow nation, and that part of his plan for us as South Africa is that we, uh, we reflect the rainbow that is in heaven, that is, surrounds his throne and surrounds Jesus, and is spoken about in Revelation. And he is saying, reset to that time. A nation that, is, that, is, that has gone through challenges, hard times, a lot of bloodshed and, and, and conflict, but is coming out and there is a, we are the rainbow nation, the nation of many nationalities which, with so much potential and so much life and, and opportunity and possibility. And we need to pray that. Uh, we need to pray that for our nation especially at this time. Pray for our, our president. Pray for his protection. Pray against the factions that would seek power and, and seek the benefit of their own themselves rather than the benefit of our nation. And let us trust God for the reset for our beautiful rainbow nation. And as I'm concluding, I want to just finish with these last couple of verses from Proverbs 31, verse 25 to 28, which speaks about these army of, this army of lovers. And it says, Bold power and glorious majesty are wrapped around her. And I want to remind you, this is not just for ladies. This is for the army of lovers, both men and women. Right now, I believe that God is saying that. That bold power and glorious majesty are wrapped around this army as they laugh with joy over the latter days, laugh over the days that are coming. Her teachings are filled with wisdom and kindness as loving instruction pours from her lips. She watches over the ways of her household and meets every need they have. As, as she, as they, these army of lovers, trust God for their, uh, for their needs, for their provision, that they are able to be uh, such influential individuals. <clears throat> and Isaiah 54 verse 1 speaks, as Sarah did, who could not bear children and could not conceive. And Isaiah 54 verse 1 says, Sing, O barren one who did not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not been in labor. For the children of the desolate one will be more than the children of her who is married, says the Lord. And I feel like God 
is encouraging us. Many of us are downhearted, uh, feeling like we can't do it. But God is is saying, more will be our children as we trust in him, as we believe in him, as we do like Sarah did, put our faith in the one who, who is our anchor and who made the promises to us and how she tapped into his faithfulness. And so I want to encourage you, army of lovers, arise to plant the seeds and to bring in the harvest because God is with you and he is releasing you to fulfill the purposes he's got for us. And if I may just pray for us, please, as we close. So, Father God, we thank you that you are faithful to your promises. We thank you that we can embrace the miracle power to conceive, to be reset, to be available for you to build and grow new new promises, new ideas, new things in our lives, that we can trust you as we position ourselves. And Lord God, that we can anchor ourselves in you right now. And right now, I want to just pray for those of you who have been feeling like you're being blown by the storms of, of life and the storms of all the reports that are coming of, of fake news, of, of um, conspiracy theories of this is what's happened and that's what's happened and these leaders have done this and that and it blows you and your faith gets shipwrecked. I want to pray for you right now and say, Father God, I pray right now that you would anchor us, that these people who are listening, that are feeling blown about by every wind, that right now they would say, Jesus, I put my trust in you. I choose to anchor my life in you. And I repent of trusting in other things to give me stability and strength and, and solidness. And I say, Jesus, right now, I trust you. I open my heart to you to put my face in you and to say, let you be the one that saves me, that Uh, can anchor me and strengthen me. In Jesus' name.